Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Energy Newsbeat Podcast. My name is Stu Turley, President of the Sandstone Group. And I mean, we've got a fabulous show today. I am so thrilled to introduce, uh, we've got Betsy McCoy, and she is a uh, doctor, but she's got some uh, great articles out there from the New York Post. And we're going to talk about those great articles. And she has a, a nonprofit that she really is passionate about. We're going to bring that up as well too. So thank you, Betsy, for stopping by the podcast. Delighted. We're going to have a fun conversation about a very serious topic. Let's call it what it is, a scam. I'll tell you, I love uh, your articles and tell us a little bit, what did you study in your PhD? My PhD is in constitutional history, has nothing to do with wildfires. I taught constitutional history from years at Vassar and then at Columbia. But I'm now more into the sciences. I write a weekly column for the New York Post, which is the most fun job I've ever had. Absolutely love it. And you can find all of my columns up there on the New York Post website and most of them also on the Creator Syndicate website. Nice. Uh, So they're distributed to other papers around the nation. And that makes me very happy, too. And um, uh, and I got involved in some of these issues, for example, the carbon scam. Because I used to be lieutenant governor of New York way back before the Civil War. But already back then, the carbon zealots were beginning to push for us to eliminate the reliance on fossil fuels before before we have sufficient alternative renewable energy sources. And I want to underscore that because everybody cares about the climate, even if you don't think that the fossil fuels are responsible for the uh, global warming. We all care about the climate. But we also care that ordinary people can afford to heat their homes, drive their cars, hold on to their jobs and, you know, make a living, make ends meet. And right here in New York State, I can tell you that the the green zealots are really battering and bashing ordinary people because uh, here in New York State, uh, the Democratic majority in the legislature and Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul have now pushed the local utility called Con Ed into expending billions of dollars shifting from fossil fuel reliance and nuclear right. to wind and solar alone. Well, we don't have enough wind and solar to provide adequate, reliable energy. So just a few weeks ago, New Yorkers were told their energy bill is going up 9% this year and could double by 2025. Now, think about what what that means to people, that their utility bill is going to double, right? They're going to either eat or not die from cold. Right. Next door in Connecticut, (laughs) Carbon Zero Connecticut, they're actually considering passing a law imitating California. Connecticut is the only state wacky enough to want to imitate California. Connecticut wants to imitate California and ban gas-fueled vehicles by 2035. So in the meantime, the president, President Biden's transportation department, has just announced new proposed CAFE standards. These are the mileage standards for all vehicles, and they're doubling they're doubling the standards in a short period of time, which will force most automotive manufacturers to shift entirely from gas-fueled cars to electric vehicles. And I'm thinking, okay, but what is the low to moderate income family is saving up to buy 
a moderate price car do. You can't buy an electric vehicle for a moderate price. The average price is $53,000. They're going to have to make do with a used car, maybe even a clunker, instead of being able to buy a new car. These are the realities that the green side refuses to discuss. They label us as climate deniers. That's not what we are. We're practical folk who want to have a balanced approach to life. Well, Betsy, uh, also the, you know, we take Ford, we take uh, Chevy, we take all the big dogs. They're losing, what is it, $80,000 a car or they're, right. they're, they've lost all this money. So this uh, raging going along this way is not sustainable. It's no, not. It's going to put auto workers out of business. And right. it's, it's, it's a gift to China on a silver platter because. <laughs> China, of course, controls the minerals, a large portion of the minerals used to make the EV batteries. So it's also a very poor idea from a national security point of view, not to mention how energy reliance on Russia, Venezuela, OPEC, that's a terrible blow to our national security. Right. As a governor, just to I I watched the most recent debate of all the Republican contenders for president, except, of course, the one who's going to be president, Donald Trump. And um, I I was struck that only one of them really came out pointing to this climate scam. Vivek Ramaswamy, very smart guy. He just called it what it is. I I really like everything he says. I I applaud him. I liked him, too. He did a great job that night. He was definitely one of the winners. Ron DeSantis did a good job that night, too. (laughs) Some of the others, not so much. But uh, Vivek Ramaswamy really took on the the climate lobby uh, big time. Uh, Do you think, uh, Vivek, if Trump wins, do you think he'd make a great secretary of state? I, there are a lot of jobs he would do well. I think that he would be great in the Commerce Department. Right. Um, running Commerce, maybe Secretary of State. I'm not sure that foreign policy is his strong suit. I, I can't say one way or the other, um, right. but he, he could be uh, the Council of Economic Advisors. He is a very, very experienced and successful business person with a solid grounding in science and economics. There's no way he, he is not in the swamp. And that's why I I really. Right. Uh, yes. I, in fact, just, he said right up on the stage that night, you folks, all of you, you're you're looking for moderate changes. I'm for revolution. I'm ready <laughs> to clean the place out. <laughs> it was it was fun to watch. Isn't that great? I, I am. I, I, you know, uh, I am so tired of all politicians. I, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, you don't have, uh, there's like one that does have America first. And right. um, uh, I That's voted right. for him the first time. And, so, and I mean, I like a politician who's unafraid and not pandering, you know, like, no. like when Chris Christie, they said, who was going to support? He's got his hand halfway up, halfway down. I'm sick of those politicians, the halfway no. guys. <laughs> no, I, I think there's too many traitors on that stage, but I'll leave yes. that alone. Uh, It was very refreshing to hear. But back to back to energy. I was very glad he called this energy scam for what it is, because when the moderators were questioning the candidates, they brought up a school child to ask the question. And here's I don't know whether you remember that, but they a bit boy looked like he was in middle school. Here's the point. In grades K through 12 right now, kids are being hammered nonstop about the dire risk 
of climate change, right? Right. In every class, gym, art, math, the, the word problems have to be about climate change. New Jersey just mandated this. Connecticut is starting this fall. In New York City, the, the mayor, Eric Adams, has said every school must participate in Climate Risk Day. These kids can't even read and write. Only a third can read and write and do math at grade level. And yet we're ramming their heads, brainwashing them with all this material about climate risk. It's as if they were in a Korean re-education camp, North Korean re-education camp. These are public schools and parents should be standing up to this indoctrination. Um, It is an indoctrination. And what bothers me is that if we try to have a discussion Let's take whether or not uh, carbon net zero is a real. Uh, I think people that are forced into carbon net zero business decisions, right. they're going to, in order to get uh, federal money, they're going to have to do it. Like Occidental Petroleum, right. they've got carbon capture going on, and Warren Buffett has bought into them, and then they can go out and do it. So, I think carbon ca- I visited with Gregory Wrightstone three times. I visited with Alex Epstein uh, twice and uh, just had uh, two uh, podcasts with uh, uh, Dr. Patrick Moore. And it is so fun to hear, you know, the co-founder of Greenpeace saying that it is a scam. So, yes, it well, is. More kind and more of- people are beginning to look at the evidence. And Hawaii is a perfect yes. example because. Uh, the moment those tragic fires happened in Maui, the mainstream media, including the New York Times, had big headlines about climate change made Hawaii a tinderbox. That was the first New York Times headline. Right. When the evidence started to come out, it indicated just the opposite, that Hawaiian Electric was moving all of its capital into this conversion to renewables. Right. And failing to spend the money and the time and devote the staff resources to shoring up the existing transmission system. So the wires weren't properly insulated. The poles were wobbly. The underbrush hadn't been cleared away. So when when the wind came, the sparks flew and the fires began. And it's not just Hawaii. We... Uh, six of the 20 biggest fires in California over the last several years have right. been attributed not to climate change, but to the failure of Pacific Gas and Electric to take the preventative steps necessary. And yeah. they're being sued for it. Yes. I, I visited with uh, Anne. Oh, what's her uh, last name? Uh, she wrote the book, California Burning. And that is a a heck of a grid that needs updating up there. They had parts and pieces in those fires that were from the original design, you know, 70 years ago, 80 years. And it has not been updated. No. And it's tragic. Just getting back to the schools for a second, because we're never going to beat the scam if our kids are being indoctrinated to believe it from kindergarten on. They're coming home and saying, mommy. My favorite animals are being killed by climate change. You know, what can you say? A kindergartner or first grader doesn't understand that the Con Ed bill is doubling or mommy can't afford a car. It's it's really cruel what they're doing. How and about the whales. So when these fires occurred, the teachers, the New York Times is quoting the teachers in these classrooms, telling kids that these fires are the result of climate change. What a pathetic performance that is. Oh, you bet. I'm going to take one second and validate your opinions. 
there's a lot of things wrong with Hawaii, and we'll keep going on that. I saw a I this piqued my interest two days before the fire on the 6th, August 6th. I have a screenshot. This was available on Amazon, bound, ready to ship. It's fire and fury. And if you read the, the bottom part, the story of the 2023 Maui fire and its implications for climate change. I bought it on Amazon on the 10th. It arrived at my house in Texas on the 11th. There are things wrong in this book. Was it started on purpose? I'm not going to say. I'm not going to get into it. But how in the heck? I've tried to find uh, Dr. Miles Stones and reach out to him to interview him. I can't get a hold of him. There's nothing there. Who wrote this? Right. Good question. I have no idea. But uh, as more information comes out about the Maui fires, they're just layer after layer of government, poor judgment, but driven by this net zero ideology. Betsy, with your constitutional uh, background, with your getting out there and telling things, how do we change the power companies? Because your article uh, on the August 2nd, uh, excuse me, uh, Kathy Hogle is, like you said, doubling the energy. She's taking away uh, all of these things. The conversation is not happening about the wind offshore, off the eastern coast, and the whales being slaughtered. I agree. I agree. But actually, I think what's going to do it more than anything is pocketbook issues because New Yorkers are already being battered in so many other ways. This the, this metropolitan area is becoming almost unlivable because of uh, crime, because of uh, the migrant influxes, many other issues. So let's hope Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams are history. But the fact is that when you tell people who work hard for a living that right. they have to pay twice as much for their electric bill uh, because you want wind and solar instead of nuclear even, or fossil fuel-based energy, you're not going to get very many votes that way. People have to start paying attention to this. Uh, It's the pocketbook issues that are really going to get to them. I would urge parents, however, to really stand up to this indoctrination, because when your kids come home and say, mom, I don't like you anymore because you drive a gas-guzzling car, that's it for me. That's it. (laughs) Turning my kids against me and not telling them the truth about this, forget it. I don't like it when they have the the I'll take it one step further. Uh, having a transition and not telling the parents drives me nuts. Right, right. We'll get into that. But the it's, it's bad. There, there are so many things. They spend so much time in school indoctrinating now. There's no time left to teach them how to read or do arithmetic. There's no time. First, you got the racial issues. Then you got the gender issues. And then after snack, it's the climate change issues. After snack, it's the climate issues. I'm sorry, Betsy, that is a hoot. (laughs) I love it. Now, back to the Maui. If you're not spending money on maintenance, if you're like the, uh, I call the, as Dan Mongino would say, the infrastructure bills actually should be called the porculus bill. I'd like to steal that. I, I love Dan Bongino, and I'd love to just steal that. But I got to, well, you know, that him. kind of imitation is the purest form of flattery. <laughs> and 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 I, you know, he's one of those guys that I'd love to have dinner with sometime. Now, here's the other side of this coin. When you take a look at the Porculus bill, 
there's only like a couple million. I mean, a very minor amount. I have to go fact check myself, Betsy, but it, let's say it's five million, whatever it is, in order to get the grid ready for renewables. Right. And when you're trying to do the grid, you got to have a lot of money. Texas spent three billion dollars. That's a b- b- billion yeah. to get the wind farms from uh, West Texas to Dallas. Right. Well, I'm glad that Texas isn't going too bonkers on this green. In fact, they're one of the states that has really stopped this indoctrination in the schools. The Texas school authorities have now instructed the districts. They don't want to see these textbooks that only offer one side of the climate story because think of all the moms and dads who are making a living on fossil fuels, right? And And, and you know what's cool? Their kids to put the mom and dad out of business, out of work. Oh, I know. You bring up a fantastic point. Uh, Texas budget is um, got so much money from the uh, oil and gas industry that they take it seriously on that. Oh, yeah. Now, See, New Yorkers don't have that common sense. I'll tell you a st- staggering, nauseating statistic. 156 financial firms. 156 have left New York since 2019 because of crime and the cost of living and all of the things that have made New York unlivable. 156 firms. Well, those are the taxpayers. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) They're replacing investment bankers with migrants. (laughs) Where is that going to get you? I helped the homeless for so many years in downtown Oklahoma City. And the problem with the church, they don't pay or excuse me, they don't uh, put anything in the offering plate, which is okay. It doesn't matter. But our church was going broke helping the poor. It's the same thing with taxes. If your taxpayers are leaving, I just. uh, And that's exactly what's happened in New York. The politicians, we don't we don't have to pay attention to those people. We don't have to keep the streets safe. We don't have to keep the schools functioning. Well, suddenly they've realized they really do because all the paying people are leaving. How how are you able to stay in New York with the taxes? Well, the taxes are high. You're right. But, you know, that's just a personal decision. I like you. That, that is actually very cool. You say that uh, for our podcast listeners, Betsy is in a She's very um, smiling and she leans forward to the camera and she goes, that's a personal decision. And I can see pain behind that smile. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're not fooling me, Betsy. Taxes are not good. So taxes are not good, but we do have to turn New York around. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) We'll get that done. But nationwide, the nation is very imperiled by this climate scam. We have to elect people into leadership who understand the importance of energy independence, who understand that fossil fuels have been a major source of prosperity and power in this country, not just electric power, global power. Oh, absolutely. And energy poverty and energy hypocrisy is a thing. Yes. uh, We can't raise the people out of poverty without natural gas and nuclear, period. Yes. And unfortunately, again, in New York State, the the Greens have prohibited fracking. If you will go right across the the border of New York State with Pennsylvania, you'll see enormous prosperity because the fracking is going along and producing a lot of money. And on the New York side, poverty. You know what? How do you feel about the banning of gas stoves and gas in new buildings? Uh, I find that just really dumb. 
terrible, absolutely terrible. I hope we can reverse that here. I happen um, to like to cook. <laughs> you know, and, most uh, I always cook with my gas stove. Oh, I, I love gas stoves. And um, it, I don't understand New Yorkers because the natural gas has to come in from the Boston uh, liquid nat- natural ga- uh, LNG, liquefied natural gas. And it comes in from Russia. It comes in from Trinidad. Uh, Why does know? it come in from Russia? We get so much power from Russia because the loony politicians in the United States have prohibited the pipelines that we need to get it from our own producers and allies. You've got it down, Betsy. That's exactly right. How do we, we elect new people. We get new people in there. I I would like to vote just about everybody out. There's about two that I would. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. Let's make it a clean sweep. You know what? Um, I think it was Warren Buffett or it was another one when they said, how do you get a balanced budget? And I loved it when he said, put a uh, law, add an addendum to the Constitution. You would love this as a constitutional study attorney type stuff. Why don't we put it in there that if it's not a balanced budget, you're not eligible for um, uh, reelection? Right. How about pay? Uh, That's even better. Or stock insider t- stock trading. Yes, that's right. We got a lot of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sorry for being uh, kind of bugful there, but what do you see in uh, when you take a look at California? They have the highest, uh, some of the highest. New York is right in there with the highest energy cost. Yeah, uh, California is right in there, right behind Germany. Texas is half. We've got more wind in Texas than we do, and than they do in California. And our energy—they've got costs, more hot air. <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas. But um, when we sit back and take a look, it's because we have a balanced mix of that's, natural gas. Yes, and that's really the key. Nobody's saying we don't want to use renewables, but we have to accept a myth because that's where the state of the art is right now. Right. You can't replace something with something that doesn't exist. And even John Kerry, uh, you know, the leader of the Greens, is taking a lot of flack right now for saying that uh, we only have 50% of the capacity. We need to replace fossil fuels with renewables. We don't have it yet. Let's see how many trillions has the world spent over the last several years in renewable energy, and they've only made a 2% dent. Right. And by the way, it's mostly taxpayer money. That's the really awful thing. Yeah. Uh, They spend our money. They don't care if they see a return. It's just out the door. Uh, uh, that I'm sorry. Uh, I've this is almost you know you and I are just preaching back and forth to each other because it's all about energy poverty. I can't when you got to choose between feeding your kids or heating your home, and I I just don't understand this zealotry. That's what it is. It's zealotry because it's not based on what we can actually achieve right now. Wow. Um, but I, I, we understand we got to get out. We got to get the vote out. We got to get your people out of there. Um, well, Betsy, let's talk about your, uh, nonprofit or. Oh, I'm so eager to thank you for giving me a minute to talk about that because almost everybody listening is going to care about this. I often used to substitute host for Laura Ingram and I would be talking about politics, you know, like Laura does, like you do. And then. I would say, well, after the break, let's talk about Clostridium difficile or MRSA 
or BRE. And suddenly the engineer would run into the studio and say, I can't handle this many calls because almost everyone has a loved one or friend who's gotten a hospital infection. It is the fourth largest cause of death in America. You've got cancer, heart disease, and stroke. These hospital infections kill more people than breast cancer, AIDS, and car accidents combined. Wow. And there are a lot of things that we can do to protect ourselves before we get to the hospital and while we're in the hospital. Right. Reduce the risk of getting these infections. And we have a lot of literature. And when I say literature, we've got these 15 steps. It's up on our website, hospitalinfection.org. Hospital infection, that thing you don't want to get. Dot org. And we we actually have a kit now, a little red box. You can take this to the hospital with you. And the items in that kit will substantially reduce your risk of infection. That's up on the website, too. Wow. So I want everybody who's watching who thinks they might have to go into the hospital if they have an elderly mom or dad who goes to the hospital or a, a spouse who needs hospitalization is planning on getting a hip replacement or a knee replacement or right. bypass, whatever. Come to our website. We can help you protect yourself. And what is that website again? Hospitalinfection.org. Um, uh, hospital infections are real. Um, yeah, I, this is singular. Just one. Hospitalinfection.org. How fun. And and so um, what are some of the things that um, I can tell my battery is really going to die? I would love to have you back uh, on another episode, if you don't mind. And so um, we're going to have all of your contact information and all of the things in the show notes. And Betsy, thank you so much for dropping by. My the pleasure. Uh, this was really fun. I well, enjoyed thank it you. so much. 